Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Well, uh, before we get started, I do want to let you know the program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. I want to thank Robert and Sherry for sending along one-time donations, and Sarah and Devon for becoming our latest Patreon supporters at our Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Patreon.GreatDetectives.net And if you do want to decide what uh, we choose for our... uh, summer series, uh, you do need to sign up as a Patreon supporter, patreon.greatdetectives.net, before the end of the month. But thanks so much for your support. Now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat, the original air date, June the 26th of 1950. And this one is The Juvenile Gangster. Wheaties presents Nightbeat. <laughs> On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, Nightbeat, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Nightbeat. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the Nightbeat for the Chicago Star. Stories start in many different ways. And sometimes when you pick up the threads of a yarn and start putting them together, you find you've woven yourself a shroud. Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Did you know Wheaties at 7 can help at 11? They really can. The world isn't half so tough to face when you've got a good breakfast under your belt. And it doesn't matter what part of the world you're facing, either. Farmers can farm better, actors can act better, salesmen can sell better on a better breakfast. And that's what you start with when you start with Wheaties. Because here are flakes of whole wheat. Whole wheat. With the vitamins, the minerals, the wonderful, life-giving energy of whole wheat. The very things you need to get work done that you meant to get done in the morning. Of course, it's no fun getting up in the morning to just a batch of vitamins and minerals. Mm, Wouldn't that be dull? But it's fun, you bet it is, to lay spoon to crisp, flaky little flakes called Wheaties. Pour on the cold milk, put on the fruit you like best, and eat happy. Breakfast of champions. Breakfast for you. Come on now. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. A great poet once wrote about Chicago. He said it was a city built by men with muscles and a willingness to use them. Well, Chicago is still full of willing people. Some willing to work and others willing to let them. You take Gus Reed, who broke jail last week while doing life for murder. Not that he ever became bent with honest toil. He just got crooked trying to avoid it. But now he was out, escaped with a famous hood named Neil Ramsey. When I dropped into the precinct station to see if there were any late developments, the boys told me there might be some later on. 
So I stepped out for a cup of coffee and a sandwich at Harpoon Louis, a few blocks down the avenue. Oh, hello, Mr. Stone. Been several nights since I've seen you. Working hard? Well, I've been on the jump. What's good tonight? Got a fresh-baked ham that's quite tasty. That's a deal. On uh, white or rye? Ah, uh, rye, I guess. Mustard and pickle, I presume? Yeah, and a cup of coffee. Well, look what just walked in. Huh? Looks like the man from Mars. What happened, kiddo? Your flying saucer breakdown? Oh, well, goodness, you're a big boy to be wearing a Halloween mask. Shut up. Uh, What's the big idea? What's it look like? She's a sticker. The kid was sandy-haired, skinny, and as nervous as a two-headed boy at a scalping party. A mask covered his entire face, a fantastic false face with a couple of rubber antenna quivering over the eyebrows. Very amusing. Until you looked down and saw the 38 in his fist. All right. You, behind the counter. Open the cash register. Let's have it, quick. Well, all right. Easy with that gun, kid. Shut up, Neil. Empty your pockets. Anything you say. Easy on the trigger. Here you are. All right. You behind the counter. Just lay that money on the showcase. It, uh, it isn't worth it, you know, son. I'll just take that. As the kid stepped forward, his eyes on the money, I lunged swinging. He whirled as my fist smashed against his wrist. The gun hit the floor and I snatched at his mask, ripping off a corner as the elastic snapped. He jerked away, tripping me as I grabbed him. I fell. The last thing I remember as my head hit the radiator was his white face as he jerked open the door and darted out. Help! Help! Please! When I came to, I was lying on the floor with the delicatessen owner and a couple of cops standing over me. I stared up at them, my brain knee-deep in fog. Oh, that man's gone, huh? Oh, oh. How's your head feel, Stone? Oh, it's sagging like a, a wet circus tent. Uh, here, let me help you out, Mr. Stone. Thank you, thank you. I can manage. Hey, here's a description of the kid that Louis gave us. See how it checks with you, will you? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. About uh, 13, 5 feet 3, light hair. Mm -hmm. I uh, suppose you'll be able to trace him by that gun he left, won't you? Oh, it's probably stolen. Why do you suppose a boy, a, a child, would do a thing like that? You suppose he was hungry? <laughs> Those little rats are just born mean, I know. But all this juvenile delinquency we've been having lately, can't something be done? The only answer is treat them rough. Got to be twice as hard as they think they are. Well, tombstones are hard, too, officer, but they generally have a good word or two for the people beneath them. Okay, Mr. Stone. After what happened to you tonight, I'll leave it to you to find a good word for them. Well, heaven help us if we don't. Yeah. Come on, Joe. Uh, be at Detective Headquarters first thing in the morning, will you, Louis? Uh, yes. Well, I suppose I'd better make a report to my insurance company. Uh, oh, what's this? What is it, Mr. Stone? You find something? Yeah, a piece of the kid's mask. Tore it off when I grabbed him. Police must have overlooked it lying there on the floor. Well, it doesn't matter, I suppose. No, maybe not, but it's the part that has the price label stuck on the inside. Oh? Yeah, with the name of the store printed on it. Eddie and Mabel's Refreshments, Toys, Novelties. Now, Louie, where's your telephone directory? The address turned out to be down in the low-rent district. 
I hopped a taxi, and in a matter of minutes, I was standing in front of Eddie and Mabel's, staring at the toys littering the dusty showcase. Among them lay a few tired-looking masks, each one identical with the one the kid had worn. I went in. Yeah? Something I can do for you? I was just noticing those masks in your window. Have you sold any recently? Masks? Who sells masks this time of year? Why? Well, I just wonder. A drummer comes in and sells my husband masks. Can you imagine? In April, my husband buys masks for Halloween. Well... A hat he's got on him. I, uh... Two months we have these masks in stock, and how many do you think we sell? One. One single mask, a businessman he calls himself. Just when did you sell that one mask? Well, it so happens just this morning. To a 13-year-old boy who needs it like I need a hole in the head. Who is he? His poor mother slaves all day long in a laundry, and he spends money on junk like that. Does it pay to have children, I ask you? What's his name? Reed, Jimmy Reed. I feel sorry for his mother. Such a bum that kid is. But with that kind of a father, what can you expect? Oh, wait just a minute. Did you say Reed? Who is his father? Gus Reed, the gangster who breaks out of prison. It's in all the papers. Oh, yeah. I see. How is it that you know the boy and his mother so well? Why shouldn't I? They live in the apartment house on the corner. Why? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good night. I could have sworn that I'd heard dim voices as I'd approached the door of the Reed apartment, but now there was nothing but silence. The silence of an enemy holding his breath. Who is it? Does Jimmy Reed live here? What's he done now? Are you Mrs. Reed? Yeah. Are you from the police? Oh, no, no, but I'd like to see him for his own good. Well, he's, uh... He's not here now. If you'll come back tomorrow, Look, he'll... lady, if I go now, I'll be back with the cop. Let him in. Let him in. If it's so important... Come in, pal. No sense bothering the cops. I said come in. And keep those mitts lifted high. It was the infamous Neil Ramsey, the lad who busted out with Gus Reed... He stepped from behind the door, lean and dark, his mouth grinning, but his eyes as cold as rigor mortis. Eyes I'd seen staring from many an FBI poster and rogues gallery album. And behind him, the heavier red-eyed Gus. Well, what are you waiting for? Come on in. Okay, Gus, I'll go along with the crowd. Those guns you've got look like a big crowd to me. Hey, Pop, that's the guy who jumped me at the delicatessen. Hi, Jimmy. Um... Now, the boy made a slight mistake, Gus. He didn't keep his eye on the sucker. You and your lousy two bucks. I would have done all right if you hadn't stuck your big, fat nose in. Yeah, not uh, much of a teacher, are you, Gus? But then I don't suppose I can blame you. You never had nerve enough to stick up anybody yourself. You shot him in the back and then robbed him. So I ain't got nerve, huh? Show him, Pop. Gus, don't. Please don't needle him, mister. He's been drinking. Yeah, I know. Whenever he gets into trouble, he tries to pull himself out with a corkscrew. You can't do it, Gus. He said Papa's yellow. So I'm yellow, huh? Oh, sure. You're a colorful character, Gus. A red nose, white liver, and a yellow streak. Yellow, huh? Don't try it, Gus. Shoot, and you'll get the chair this time. Keep your hands up, yellow, huh? Gus, no! I'll show you! His gun butt cracked against my skull, and I staggered backwards tripped over a constellation of stars and fell into darkness. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? You killed him! Killed him! 
General Mills is bringing you Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. We have a special treat for you tonight, and here's Ed Prentice to tell you about it. Thanks, Frank. Folks, I'd like you to meet an old friend of mine. Here's Luke Appling, the dashing young man of the Chicago White Sox. Ah, uh, cut it out, Ed. I've been playing ball for the Sox for over 20 years. Why, that's way back before Wheaties baseball broadcast. Huh, that's almost way back before Wheaties. <laughs> and say, Ed, speaking of Wheaties, I brought along some peaches from down home in Georgia. Reckon we can locate some bowls around here? Maybe the cast would like a little snack after the show. Well, what could be better than that? A Wheaties champion dishing up the breakfast of champions for a bunch of champion actors. Stick around, Luke. I got a whole case of Wheaties waiting for you. That's swell, Ed. But could I have just one bowl now? Wheaties are awfully tough to wait for. And now back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. When I found myself the prisoner of a couple of fugitive killers, I should have played a dumb instead of giving out with a smart talk. Might have saved me a crack on the head to match the one I got in the delicatessen store. When I came to, I was lying on a sofa, limp as a poached egg on toast. I turned my head and I saw Mrs. Reed with Lieutenant Saunders of Homicide. Looks like he's coming out of it. How do you feel, Stone? Uh, one more dent in my skull, I'll rent it for a golf ball. So Gus and Neil got past you, huh? Well, they won't get past the roadblocks we set up. How'd they get out of the house? Over the roof? Yeah, same way they got in, apparently. Old stuff. You should have figured that, Lieutenant. Oh, sure. Just like you figured I'm finding them there when you stuck your nose in. Yeah. Jimmy, go with him? Jimmy's a child. Baby, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a good boy, Mr. Stone. It's all his father's fault. He's twisted, Jimmy. He thinks his father's a hero. Okay, Mrs. Reed, that wraps it up. We're through here for the time being. After Lieutenant Saunders and his men left, I tried to get the answers to some questions I'd missed. For instance, why had Gus and Neil come here? What did they want? Food, liquor, money. They took everything I had. Have any idea where they might be heading? I only wish I knew. Well, Gus broke out a week ago. If, if this is the first time he's been here, there's a chance he's been laying low in a hideout, probably... Well, probably just outside of Chicago. I don't know. Mrs. Reed, do you think Jimmy's known about the hideout? Has his father been in touch with him this past week? I don't know. He's been acting so strange. Mm -hmm. You think Gus could have contacted him before he broke out? Or that Jimmy might have known in advance? Well, how could he? Did he see his father in prison lately? No, not lately. Uh-huh. Gus uh, write him very often? No, not nearly as much as Jimmy wrote him. He kept his father's letters? Oh, of course. Kept them like they were treasure. Can you get them? I'd like to look them over. I'll, I'll see if I can find them. I studied the half dozen or so letters that Mrs. Reed brought me and found nothing. They were uniformly dull, stupid, and apparently without significance. That is, all except the last one. Jimmy got it a couple of weeks ago. Read it. Be a good boy and don't get mixed up with the old lakeside gang or the bunch at the tavern. Abandon the road to evil. It doesn't sound like Gus, does it? Uh, kind of getting good with the prison censor, that's why. Putting on the hypocrite. Uh -huh. I uh, get homesick off and on. Your accident on the Compton Highway was tough. Yours truly, your own hand. Compton Highway? 
I don't know what Jimmy told him, but he certainly didn't have any accident. Uh, what about the lakeside gang? Well, I never heard of it. This bunch at the tavern he mentioned. Well, I tell you, it doesn't make sense. Jimmy would have told me if there'd been any trouble. I know he would have. Mm, abandon the road to evil. No, you're absolutely right, Mr. Reed. It doesn't make sense. I'm a... I held it up to the ceiling light, and there it was. Pinpoints of light gleaming through eight words in the letter. What is it? Does this make any sense to you? Old Lakeside Tavern, abandoned road off Compton Highway. Lakeside Tavern? Of course, Gus used to work there. When? Years ago, it was a beer parlor. On an abandoned road? Well, it wasn't then. They built a shortcut later that bypassed it. The place was condemned. Uh-huh. Well, I'd better be going. I'm going with you. On a hold? You can't stop me. Jimmy's there. We don't know that. Well, if that's where they are, he's there, and I'm going. Now, look, the best thing that we can do is go to the police and tell them no, what No, no, think... no, Mr. Stone, please. They'll be shooting. Jimmy will be killed. As long as he stays with... Even if he isn't, if he's arrested there, it'll make things worse for him than they are now. Please, Mr. Stone, let's do it my way. But what? What can you do? Well, get him away from there first before the police come. Well, I'll probably regret this, but come on. We took a taxi to the garage where I picked up my car and we headed out past Lincoln Park, turning southeast for the highway. You sure we turned off at the right place? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. This is part of the old road. There. And there it is, the tavern between those trees. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. What is it? thought I saw a light in one of those windows. Oh, I didn't see anything. Now, look. We passed a filling station about a mile back down the road. It'd be much better if we went back and buzzed the state highway. Oh, no. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, Wait! Look, you want to get us killed? There's nobody here. All right, let's get back to the car and get out of here. Wait. What are you doing? I like to take a look inside. Why? Well, they may have been here and gone. Please wait. We might come on a clue. Everything comes to him who waits, including a hearse. It's unlocked. Now, let's get a match going. Okay, let's go in and watch out for snakes. Don't you ever oh. knock... Well, I was afraid we'd find a snake in here. Hiya, Neil. Stay right where you are, wise guy. What are you doing there in the dark, waiting for something to develop? You know, that door with the moonlight behind you makes a very nice frame. I couldn't miss. Jimmy! Jimmy, where are you? Cut it out, sister. Okay, Gus, open up the lantern. We got him. Yeah. Gus. Yeah. Close the door, mister. <coughs> So you found the place, huh? Gus. Well, I hope you're satisfied. <laughs> Gus, where's Jimmy? What's happened to him? Oh, what's happened to him, she says. Here I am sitting with a bullet in my chest, and all she hollers is, what's happened to that dumb little punk? Gus. She sees me. Beating. Gus, where is he? I'll dry up. He'll be back. I just sent him down the road for a can of gas. Where's your car? You think we'd leave it out in front? Uh, what happened to Gus? Who shot him? What difference does it make? This is one story you ain't covering, pal. There ain't no kibitzes tonight. You dealt yourself in and your cards don't look good, pal. <laughs> Not with me holding six bullets in my hand. Well, like they say, Neil, the game is always darkest before you've drawn. Yeah, well, you don't get no more cards, friend. You're through. The roadblock. Of course, Gus got it when you crashed the roadblock. <laughs> Give the sucker a cigar. You know, 
I'd get a bang knocking you two off right now. But just in case we do have trouble, maybe we could use a hostage or two. Hostage? <laughs> Neil, that's a $2 word. Yeah, yeah. I got a 39-cent rope to go with it. Turn around, both of you. Well, I guess that'll hold you for a while. Keep him covered, Gus. Soon as the kid gets back, he can come upstairs and stand watch at the window while I come down and take over. Give you a chance to sleep. Yeah. And if they try anything, let them have it. I, I can handle them. Go on. Go on. Gus. Gus, I don't care what you do to me, but your son, your own flesh and blood. Shut up. Gus, please. Captain, always. Listen, yeah. Gus. All this time I've been saving, hoping to have enough to send him to college someday, and then you come back. College? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to college. I got some deals coming. Look, you you help me get out of this spot, and we'll have enough dough. The Gold Coast Servants College, huh? So I'll send him to college. <coughs> but you can send him to college, Gus, now. What? What are you talking You're about? You're worth $5,000. Dead or alive. <laughs> Reward? For me? $5,000. Look, let Ann turn you in. Let her, Gus. She'll get the reward. Just cut us loose. What kind of a sucker do you think I am? You lying. All right, then. All I got to say is you better see a doctor before morning if you expect to live. Shut up. <laughs> I'll dance on your grave, you creep. What's the use of kidding yourself? You're dying. You're just sitting there dying. Your only chance is a doctor now before it's too late. I don't have to tell you, Gus. That bullet's in your lungs. And when you start to go, it'll be fast. Nothing will save you. Go ahead and die, why don't you now? No. No, no, no look. Someone's coming. Huh? Jimmy! Ma! Ma, how'd you get here? Oh, Jimmy. Ma, did you have to tie her up? Hey, punk! Neil! Hey, why'd you have to tie her up? See, you come up the road with that can of gas. Where is it? Outside. Well, get it in the car. You hear? Make it snappy. Yeah. And when you're through, come on up here. Okay. Ma. It's all right, Jimmy. Jimmy, Neil will kill you, Mother. You've got to cut us loose. Oh, no. No, he won't. Everything will be all right, Ma. <laughs> I got to get to a doctor. You haven't got much time, Gus. Pop. I, I got to get out of here. But jeepers, Pop, we can't. Maybe if I can get Neil to let me go for a doctor... A doctor maybe... won't do him any good here. He's got to get to a hospital. Yeah. But, Pop... But I'm dying. I can't lay here and just die. But, Pop, Neil said all the Neil roads... Neil be are... hanged. He can burn for all I can. It's your only chance, Gus. Not only for yourself, but for your wife and Jimmy. The reward will help. Reward? What difference does that make to me? Look, I got to get to a hospital. Look, I... I'll cut you loose. You, you gotta help me. Huh? Roll over. Right. <laughs> Close enough? Yeah. Make a sound, make a sound, you little rat, and I'll bless you. Yes, he won't, he won't. <laughs> there. Now your hands are loose. Give me that gun and the knife. Okay, Mrs. Reed. Oh. And now your ankles. Oh. There you are. Okay. You stand right where you are. Neil. Yeah, your partner. 
Neil Ramsey stood at the head of the stairs at the other end of the big room. I could barely make him out in the dim gloom, but you didn't have to spotlight his 45 to know that it was looking down at us. Drop the rod, journalist. He came down, crossed the floor, his face twisted in the kind of grin you see pictured on labels over the word poison. So you want to go to a hospital, eh, Gus? <laughs> Neil, I, I got it. I can't... Yeah. I can't breathe. And I can blame for all you care, eh? <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean it that way, Neil. You want to go to a hospital, give up. They can't give you a worse sentence than what you got now, is that it? I wouldn't say anything, Neil. I, I would... But me, I blame when they catch me. <laughs> but you don't care. That's okay by you, eh? <laughs> I, I, I'm no good to you, Neil, please. Please, Neil, don't do it. I, I wouldn't double-cross you, I swear. Yeah, I wouldn't you swear. I'm just looking at you, Gus. I'm wondering why an operator like me, who's supposed to have a few brains, ever tied up with a cheap, yellow... Hi, Pops, not yellow. What's the matter, punk? Does the truth hurt? Well, he'll tell you so himself. Go on, go on. Tell him, Gus. Tell him you're a cheap, yellow louse. Tell him, or I'll... I'm a cheap, yellow louse. Oh, please, Neil, please let me alone. I can't breathe. Please. You can't breathe, eh? Well, nobody that can't breathe belongs in any hospital. Neil. No. The place for him no. is the mall. No. You butcher. You, you shot my pop. You shot him. I'll kill you. kid flew at him, and as he wheeled a shoot, I put everything I had into a right that struck behind his ear with a shock that jarred me to my toes. Neil lay at our feet, sprawled out as cold as a witch's kiss. Jimmy stared down at him, the frenzy draining from his face. And something else went out of him, too. He turned slowly, and he stared at Gus's dead face for half a minute. Why did he do it? Why did Pop do it? To what, Jimmy? What to? Third yellow. Yellow. He turned yellow. Look, Jimmy, I know he was your Pop and it's tough, but without his gun, he was nothing. Nate would have turned yellow, too, if Gus had had the drop on him. Without their guns, without having that advantage, they're all yellow, Jimmy, all of them. Begging for their lives and licking your boots and asking for mercy that they themselves had never given. People like that aren't heroes, kiddo. Takes a lot more than a gun to make a hero. A lot more. Jimmy. And you know what, Jimmy? You can be different. I think you have what it takes. Jimmy, dear. He'll be all right. Given half a break. I'm sure of it. <laughs> still dark with leftover night. A few hours from now, Mrs. Reed will find out that there is no reward for Gus, that I uh, lied trying to trick him into letting us go. But she'll feel better about it, maybe, when she finds out there is one for Neil and $5,000 worth. So maybe Jimmy will have his chance for an education after all. 
That is, after we straighten out a slight case of armed robbery and aiding to escape convicts. This is going to take quite some straightening, but uh, when it comes to kids, even at four in the morning, I'm an optimist. <laughs> well, so that's it. It isn't often life ties up a story with a rose-colored ribbon. Usually it just leaves the loose ends dangling. So, uh, well, let's tie it up. Copy, boy. You are listening to Nightbeat on the Wheaties' Big Parade. And here's the star of Nightbeat, Frank Lovejoy. Got your Wheaties on you, Frank? Oh, no, I hardly ever carry them with me, Frank, but uh, I always know where I can get them, you know. Mm. We have a place on the cupboard shelf at home reserved for the Wheaties box. Well, I suppose with a couple of youngsters digging in, the Wheaties don't last long at the Lovejoy house. Oh, that's for sure. We really go through them. Mm, so do we. I guess there are a lot of families like ours, Frank, where... Wheaties have a reserved place on the cupboard shelf. Well, I can't think of a nicer whole wheat flake to reserve a place for, Frank Martin. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Frank Lovejoy. Get your Wheaties, everybody. Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis and edited by Larry Marcus. Tonight's story was written by Irvin Ashkenazi and John Robinson with music by Frank Worth. The part of Gus was played by Bill Conrad. B. Benaderet was Anne. Others in tonight's cast were Jack Crucian, Sheldon Leonard, Jeff Silver, and Parley Bear. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen also on Tuesday, that's tomorrow night, to the Penny Singleton Show on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Nightbeat came to you transcribed from Hollywood. Stay tuned now for Top Secret, starring Alona Massey on NBC. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. This show ought to be proof positive to anyone who wants to go around claiming back in the 1950s, all uh, media was sanitized. And there were no acknowledgement of the harsh realities of life. It was all sunshiny and uh, Aussie and Harriet. This episode has a 13-year-old watching his father murdered right before his eyes. And that's actually been one of the more upbeat episodes, uh, at least with the ending. Of course, uh, this, I think, was a big uh, 
I've mentioned the big push on juvenile delinquency, and this episode was really about that. It was pushing back against both the uh, juvenile delinquency and really revealing the consequences, as well as Randy uh, responding to the argument that the only thing that was needed was uh, more harshness. And if, if anything, the episode couldn't end with a spot of hopelessness or uh, total despair. It had to end with hope because it was this abiding belief that you couldn't give up on these kids. And this issue really had to be addressed in a way that was compassionate, but also that took the problem seriously. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And uh, Robert writes in, Great Detectives on Old Time Radio brings back pleasant memories for this 80-year-old listener. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much for your kind note, uh, Robert, and uh, for your support. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Inspector Thorne. And then uh, next Monday, another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.